Well, come on, church. Hey, I am Jason. And I'm Missy. And this is our second installment of the Come On Church podcast. We we actually thought we weren't going to be able to do it this week because uh, it's Memorial Day week and we have a family coming into town and we were supposed to record yesterday afternoon and just got tangled up in some things, but uh, the Lord had other plans and, and I guess he wants us to get this info and and our thoughts out to y'all, so uh, we are able to do it Thursday morning uh, rather than Wednesday night. So, um, again, thank you for joining. We I think we had a lot of people listen to our first episode last week, so uh, thank you for for being open to hear what we have to say and for supporting us, and uh, let's, let's get started. Um, I think we're going to start out as we did in our first installment with just kind of telling y'all about our weeks and... And uh, what we what we've been doing and what we have going on. So uh, I'm gonna shut up and let the lady talk. <laughs> Missy, uh, what what's been going on in your week the past week? And anything that um, that you've done or that uh, that was close um, that you've done or that you want our listeners to know about? Um, I mean, in the, I think I've lived a pretty average life the past week. I've just gone to work, gone to church, um, and just, you know, tried to get as much sleep in between that as I possibly could. Yes. Um, today is a very exciting day. Today is a very exciting day. Why is it a very exciting day? Because today is the day that my family comes into town. And your family comes into town. Je- and and just just for people to know, like we are currently uh, living on her parents' property, um, but by family she means her her big sister, uh, our brother-in-law, and then our little niece, who at this moment is is the light of our life because uh, we don't have any any children right now. But uh, Ella is is the light of our life, so we are excited that they're coming into town. We're gonna go to the lake this weekend for Memorial Day and, and just uh, I'm, I, I think me and him are going to do a lot of fishing and uh, and just have a good time this week so uh, y'all stay tuned uh, anything else you got going on nothing that I can think of well all right well uh, I guess for myself kind of among among the same thing just kind of kind of mundane going to work going they can hear you when you talk um among the same for me, I sorry guys, we are we are new to this podcast thing. Um, among the same for me, yeah, I'm just going to work, going to to church. Uh, church has been good, um, and like I said, I'm I'm just excited for this weekend. I get I get a three day weekend from work because of uh, Memorial Day, and I'm going to embrace that and, and just take time to rest that I haven't been doing. So, uh, which by the way, rest is so important. Um, wouldn't you say it is? I would say it is. I would say, I mean, as you know, I don't know how to rest. Um, my brain doesn't comprehend the meaning of the word. And that's something that the Lord this year started out trying to teach me. Um, to try to get me to understand what it meant to take a Sabbath and a full day of rest. And my stubborn brain was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And it got me to the point where I got burned out and exhausted uh, mentally and spiritually and emotionally. And 
That's right. I, I'm kind of like like you. I don't <laughs> I don't really rest a lot. Um, and even when I do have a quote-unquote day of rest, uh, I'm not really resting that much. I'm kind of outside in the yard working on some stuff or I'm, or I'm in the house doing projects. But uh, I think it's interesting. I don't think anybody has ever really gone over what exactly people are supposed to do on a Sabbath. Like, the Bible tells us not to work. But does that mean, like, that we can't work around the house or... Well, because we were even talking to, to one of our one of our spiritual one of our spiritual leaders and one of our pastors at church uh and he was telling us like rest might not always mean that you're taking a nap Uh, rest is when your body feels and your spirit feels the most at peace and so like he was talking to me and this is kind of where i am where like i sit at a desk for five days a week and so on a saturday when i'm not at work i might want to get out in the yard and and shoot some basketball or you know get out there and i've been clearing a lot of land recently um but just getting out and being active rather than kind of you know but missy is on her feet all day every day at work and so she might want to on saturday sleep in and and sit around and watch tv and it's just about being being okay with (laughs) with how your body and how your spirit feels the most most i also think that idea of being okay with sleeping in or sitting around and like binging netflix i think millennials have a hard time with that because we were always called the laziest generation you know yeah so i think it's hard for there there is a part of us in our brain that it's like it's hard to kind of sit down because it's almost like we're trying to prove something yeah. you know well all right well we are i believe we're just going to jump into the topic uh thanks for for letting us know about your weekend missing and uh thanks for listening to to me tell about my week um I think we're going to jump into the topic, and we have a big one today. Um, we are talking about mega churches, pun, pun intended. <laughs> um, which is, I guess, in in today's world of Christianity and uh, and religion, kind of a, a big topic and a big thing to talk about. That it's kind of the elephant in the room um, that nobody really wants to attack, but but everybody kind of has their own opinions. So. Uh, Missy, do you have anything to say before we kind of kind of jump in about mega churches or about kind of the think, stigma behind them? I think I want everyone to know on every podcast that we don't have all the answers. This is solely our opinion, our research, what and our we, experience, and, yeah. and our experience, and also like how we're interpreting the Bible. That might not be right, you know. Um, but kind of, I guess, how our spirit is convicting us about what the Bible says. And yeah. And I think uh, I will. One thing that you know just came to mind is like I think people walk around and they kind of expect the spirit to convict everyone the same way about the Bible, and in some circumstances it does. Um, but there, but but the spirit is going to convict you in the best way that you're going to understand. You know, does that make sense? Like you, other people might see the first differently. It has the same meaning, but they might see it differently. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so I, I think I think a good way to get into this conversation about megachurches is just kind of to define what a megachurch is. I looked that up. You did look it up. I looked it up yesterday. Uh, Missy looked it up, and, and we have some F- notes that were kind of... FYI, I'm a nerd, so... Yeah, Missy, Missy's a huge nerd, um, but I love her. Um, if you ever want to talk... If you ever want to pick Missy's brain... Uh, she loves Marvel and Harry Potter. 
Yes. So anything and Jesus, and Jesus too. But uh, as far as the nerd side goes, she loves Marvel and Harry Potter. But I have notes on probably um, everything. But she's got notes and lists on like everything. We can't even we can't even like clean the room without her having a breakdown of like what needs to happen. So and our room's only like eight by seven. So so it's I mean it, it's 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 cool, but it, it frustrates me a little bit sometimes because I just want to kind of. Uh, just clean the room, you know, but we digress. Anyway, uh, the definition of a mega church is a church that regularly has attendance of 2,000 people or more and might have educational and extracurricular activities. Um, which. That's the Wikipedia definition. That is the Wikipedia definition. Um, some of the. Some of the other definitions that I that I looked up yesterday uh, kind of said the same thing, uh, but also said that like they might preach progressive or uh, non-denominational Christianity. Uh, first off, I don't know what the whole thing about this progressive Christianity is. I guess if y'all want, we can break that down in a later episode. Um, anyway, that that is the definition of a mega church. Um, is just a, a a church that regularly has attendance of two thousand people or more, might have educational curricular and extracurricular activities, and preaches a progressive or or non denominational religion. Um, would you say that that's correct? I would say in my experience that's correct. I would say in my experience that 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 is correct. Um, at, at least ninety five percent. I want to kind of attack. Well, first off, let's 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 tell people about our personal experience with megachurches, and then we'll kind of uh, bust some of the myths, myth, bust some of the myths, and uh, kind of call out some of the truths. Um, so why don't why don't you go first and tell people kind of? Well, I'll start with how I grew up. I grew up going to a um, private Christian school um, in the state of in, around the area of Irondale. Um, By the way, that's Irondale, Alabama. We are from, we are from Alabama. Uh, we have moved around a lot. Could you not tell because um, of my accent? Yeah, I know. Um, we are, we have moved around a little bit, but, uh, we currently reside and were raised in Birmingham and greater Birmingham, Alabama. So continue. Um, but yeah, I went there and they were associated with the Church of Christ, uh, church. And so there, you know, we had Bible class and we had chapel and so when I was around those two things, their teachings did lean towards that um, that side of uh, teaching the Bible, I guess. Um, which is A not lot. which towards is not the conservative side or towards the towards, not conservative towards the Church of Christ side. Yes, yeah. So a lot more conservative. A lot. Well, well, and it's not necessarily a bad thing that that's what you know. I don't want to. I'm not discriminating against any organization, any denomination, anything like that. Um, my experience with that school, though, was not great. Yeah, make sure um, you make sure you enunciate that word. Uh, denomination. Denomination. Yeah, I know. Denomination. Um, it's a mouth twister. Um, and then, but then my parents had grown up Baptist, so I, but by result, grew up Baptist, and we had a good Baptist church um, in the same area. And so, I grew up, if you know anything about Church of Christ and Baptist, they're kind of, 
day and night in the way that they kind of think and believe and, and what have you. Um, there are some similarities, but for the most part, it's kind of different. So I grew up feeling very confused and very um, frustrated. Um, and it wasn't until I stepped into a non-denominational megachurch and really got involved there that I felt like I really began to understand the Bible and really began to understand who God was because of the preaching and because of the extracurricular activities, honestly. Yeah. The church we attended had small groups, um, community groups, life groups. I don't... However... Yeah, just Bible study or, or community groups, yeah. I guess, um, is, is kind of the proper term. Or the, they're the most... I think the most widely used term is either life group or small group. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you're a Christian and, you're, and you attend church, you kind of know what those what those things are. Um, and through just jumping on the volunteer team and, and just really throwing myself into being involved at that church, the people I surrounded myself with really helped me grow um, into who I was today. Um, my older sister actually was the one who got my family going to that church. And she ended up, they had a college, as you know. She ended up not only working for the church, but uh, going to the college. And so I kind of, at, by the end of my senior year, decided that's what I was going to do as well. And that really shaped me into who I am today. I mean, they really built me up and built my faith up through their training and through um, counseling and, and just going through those two years of ministry school. But, um, I mean, my experience with that church overall was not a negative experience. It was actually a very positive experience. I never felt judged walking in the doors. Um, I never felt out of place. I always felt like I was at home. Yeah, that's good. Um, I think before we before we kind of break down some of these questions, I'm going to tell uh, some of my sorry, some of my uh, experience. Um, I. I grew up a little different than than Missy. Um, I was I was kind of raised. Uh, I I think I believe I was raised non denominational. Um, but I did I had uh, I, I did kind of have some denominations kind of creep in there a little bit. Um, my parents always always were either non denominational or very progressive. Um, as far as like the churches that we went to um raised raised uh for most of my life before i, I started attending a non-nominational mega church uh raised a lot of my life assemblies of god um which claims to be non-nominational but there's there's some there, there's some other denominations and some other other stuff that creeps in there uh and then my grandparents and my great aunt who i spent a lot of time with as a, as a child uh they they were Baptist for, for a long time, um, which living in the South, that's probably one of your, uh, one of your biggest denominations is either Baptist or Methodist. Um, and if you're not Baptist, Methodist or, or Pentecostal, you're Catholic. Um, it's just, that's kind of the three big religions. And then, and then you're either Catholic or you're nothing. Um, so they were, they, they, I grew up kind of partially Baptist and partially non-denominational. Um, for for some of my of my childhood life, and then we moved to a church uh, out in Alabaster, an Assembly of God church, and uh, they claimed to be non-denominational. 
Um, I, I like to tell people I was raised kind of presbycostal um, is a word that I, I kind of made up. Uh, like, you know, we spoke in tongues, but we didn't handle snakes. Uh, and we didn't, you know, and, and so that, that's kind of my, my raising. Um, and then by the time I was about 14, uh, there was a new, I guess, not necessarily new, it had been open for about 10 years, um, mega church, quote unquote, that had opened up across town. Um, my, Assembly of God Church that we were attending at the time um, had had kind of some switch in leadership, um, and so, uh, and not that not that my family was following the pastor, but there were just kind of some changes changes going on there that uh, kind of made us feel like it was time for a change, um, and so we started looking at other churches, found this church, uh, found this mega church across town, and started attending. Um, with kind of hesitantly at first, um, and then ended up going one week, falling in love with it, going back, and then ended up just kind of selling ourselves out, and ended up uh, attending that church. I mean, that's that's where I met Missy. Uh, that's where I worked for almost a decade. Yeah. Um, and and it brought a lot of good things to us. I think there were. But, 90 percent of very it, fondly of that church yes uh 90 percent of that was was pros um there are some cons uh to that church and uh, and really to any church but to that church to the mega church culture uh, that we're that we're going to jump into we're going to break down so um that is kind of both of our experiences and how we kind of led up to, to attending mega churches and to attending uh kind of these bigger non-nominational churches i would say that's um, the only technical mega church we've ever attended though. I guess, yeah. I, um, now I, I follow other mega churches. Yes, um, yes. I'm going to mention some of the better known that I maybe not will get in trouble for. <laughs> like I, Stephen Furtick, Elevation, uh, enjoy him. He's a mega church. And then, oh my gosh, what is Craig Groeschel's church? Uh, church. Yes, love Craig Groeschel. A lot of people um, can't stand his voice, but I adore him. So, so let's get into um, why people are so against megachurches. Do you have any any idea, uh, any kind of preconceived notions about why people might be against megachurches? Um, I think that megachurches are very new. And, and what I mean by that is, like, I think that church for centuries and decades was done a certain way and that was you get up at you know 7 a.m you're there by like 8 a.m 9 a.m and you're in your sunday vest you know your little dress and you're maybe like a you know nice button-up shirt Mm -hmm. jacket or whatever and you know and some slacks and you sing out of a hymnal book or you sing you know old hymns or whatever and you know, Church the, of Christ, they the, don't. The, know, they preaching. sing, but they don't. They don't play instruments, do they? Yes, but Baptists do. Yeah. So now you can see where I was very confused. Exactly. To, you know, because we'll get into that later. Anyways, um, but um, you know, you sing and, and and there's a choir sometimes and or an organ and then the preacher usually speaks for about two hours and then 
you either eat lunch at the church or you go out with your family and you lunch and then you're done. Go to the, go to the Mexican restaurant. Exactly. And go home. And, and you're done. And I think mega churches, when they came around, they broke that tradition. They said that you know service doesn't even have to be near two hours altogether. You know you don't have to have a preacher speak for two hours. Um, you can have lights and you can have upbeat music and you can have electric guitars. And um, hey, also people don't necessarily have to go home once it's all said and done. They can be involved in the church yeah. and, you know, hand out pamphlets or serve coffee or be on the prayer team. And then after that, if they want to, they can go to, like, a Bible study with people mm-hmm. that they just went to church with. That's right. Um, and, you know, and it's totally up to the congregation and to the individual as to what they want to do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they also... And so I think that's one of the reasons is that it was just kind of this new idea of how to do church. And I also think that maybe there is some jealousy from other churches involved. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I wanted to go off of. Um, I, I think a lot of what you said was, was true. Um, I think part of the reason that people are, are kind of against them or, or kind of hesitant is, you know, it, if you're living in a town where you've been going to the same Baptist church, the same Methodist church, the same, you know, whatever, for years, you know, and and that's where your mama and daddy went, you know, um, and then a new church comes into town that that can house, you know, 24,000 people in one service. And those people actually end up showing up. And and they end up showing up um, and, and end up enjoying it. Like, I think you're a little hesitant because... You know, your your church might have your church might have you know two three hundred people at best on a Sunday, right? Um, and, and I think a lot of people kind of resent those churches that are opening up. And I think a lot of the the stigma, a lot of the, one of the myths that we want to break is that these well, you know, these mega churches are putting up campuses, you know, wherever they can get their hands on. Um, and that's that's as far as our experience, that's simply not true. Yes, they're putting up a lot of campuses, but it's because you know they might have, uh, you know, let let's say that you have a you have a church, a mega church, quote unquote, in Houston, right? Well, I, and I don't know that I don't know the distance. But let's say you have one in Houston, and they're they're constantly having, you know, thirty thousand people a week come to their service. Yeah. Well, they realize that thirty six percent of that of that congregation is driving all the way from Dallas. You know, and so now they're like, oh, shoot, we got to, or Tyler, or, you know, uh, Austin. You know, well, now we've got to, you know, it would be better to kind of get our hands on a, on a portable building where we can kind of set up and take down every Sunday rather than having them drive an Space hour and a half. Up a permanent building. Yeah, or, or build a permanent building um, rather than having them, wait, you know, waste the gas and drive hour, hour and a half, two hours just to get to our campus. And so, like I said, I, that was just an example. I don't know the distance between Texas cities. I've never been to Texas, um, but that was just kind of an example. Um, and, and it's it, it's more of kind of they're seeing a need uh, and filling it. Um, but as far as, like, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the stigma is, well, they don't have to have all the sound and the lights. And a lot of people call mega churches, quote-unquote, rock star churches or rock concert services. Which I enjoy. Um, which I, I, I like enjoy. A rock um, I like a good rock concert. Um, and I always respond to them with, "Well, would you rather go to an opera or a rock concert? You know, right. which one's more fun?" Right. 
Um, but I think the reason that they do that is because, like, guys, people don't... It's the twenty. It's, it's 2021. People don't respond to to organs and, and hymnal yeah. books that well anymore. I you know, say I if I, you know, I, I remember growing up, we sang, you know, some glad morning when my life is every Sunday, and and it and it's a great song, and if it reaches people, it reaches people. But like, I I, I remember when I used to go to I used to go to Bap, that Baptist church with my great aunt, and then on a Sunday I'd go to the Assembly of God church with my parents, and we would sing all these songs, and we had lights and speakers and sound, and I enjoyed that. A lot more, and not to say that, that that the Baptist Church singing out of hymnals is a bad thing, you know. No, but it's well, just, that's what I was gonna say. Is I've I've been this is working, but I've been at a you know Baptist funeral, and we sung out of hymnals during the funeral, and I felt the presence of God as we sang out of hymnals. Yeah. Um, and the same thing with going to a mega church. Where there's lights and electric guitars and, and, you know, big old drums. I have sat there and sung a song with that and have felt the presence of God. Uh, And and it's it's kind of what I was was trying to get to to was it brings people in. It it makes people feel comfortable. Same thing with, like, the coffee shops that you see in a lot of megachurches. Like, if it's a first time, if it's a guest first time, Mm -hmm. they might not know... One thing about church, and they're coming and feeling uncomfortable. But, and me and Missy have had this conversation because we both started on the cafe team. Like, they might not have any idea what to think about church, but they go to Starbucks every day before work, and so that that white chocolate mocha or that you know caramel latte that that's comfort for them, you know, and that kind of gets them introduced to the church. That gets them talking to people that go there. Um, and so yeah, I, I think you brought up a lot of good points as to why people are against them. As far as maybe jealousy, or maybe, and I think it's it's more so just ignorance um, about what goes on there. Yes. Um, but as our old pastor used to say, "Come and see for yourself." Yeah. Like, don't take anybody's word, everybody's word for it. Come and see for yourself. Um, well, and I think it's also hard because I think one thing that our old pastor also used to say is like, you know, the enemy is not sitting idly by. Yeah. He's attacking things that are... That have results. Yes. And so, that includes mega churches, and that includes small-town Baptist churches. Yeah. You know? Um, I know people from mega churches that attack small-town Baptist churches. And, it's and like vice at versa. The, yeah. and yes. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. If they're a Bible-preaching, the whole Bible, spirit-believing, you know church then what does it matter yeah you know yeah and i and i agree with that um i i think because we're 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 about to run out of time but um i, I want to take this last last little segment and go with like wow <laughs> um is there a real problem with mega churches do you think or like are they doing more help than their than hindrance or, or vice versa um, I, I would I would say that as far as our experience, like they're really they really are helping. Um, as far as some of the ones that we've been to, like they help out the community a lot. Um, they're constantly doing outreach. We had some pretty bad tornadoes come through. Sorry, wait for it. No, it's fine. 
I fought too long. She had to sneeze. Um, but we have had we had some pretty bad tornadoes come through a couple weeks ago, and just devastated some of the some of the neighborhoods in our community. And the local quote unquote mega church um, stepped in and was able to you know brought lunches to the to the people, helped fix you know some people from the from the church uh, you know brought backhoes and and all this other stuff and, and cleared land and, and cleared trees and uh there's a there's actually a good friend of ours that attends that church that had that owns the tree service um and, and him and his company went out and cleared trees that had fallen on people's houses and uh and everything so that uh they always do a, a big you know thanksgiving meal outreach where they'll go to the, to the communities actually that's him right there the tree service guy he just passed us on the interstate um, that's that's Mr. Mark, um, but he uh, but anyway, but they do a, a big Thanksgiving outreach every year. Where they'll go into maybe the communities that people are less fortunate um, and just give out meals with turkey and dressing and uh, yeah. sweet potato casserole and all that. So and same thing with Christmas. So I think they they do a lot of help. Um, I think maybe people's big hindrance is is that they just quote unquote take up too much space. And there's tra- there's too much traffic on a Sunday morning to get to them and everything. But I think I think that the too much space idea is comes from the I comes from and hear me out on this. I feel like for decades the help was inside the church. If you were willing to step inside the church, they were going to help you. Yeah. And mega churches, especially our church, defied that and said, no, we're going to go outside the church. Yeah, we're going to go outside of these four walls and actually get into it. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I don't think there's a real problem with them. Even the traffic, if you kind of change your mindset to the people sitting in that traffic jam are getting to right. to hear a message yes. and get to experience God, you know. Um, and so I think that that's a good mindset to have. Um I think we answered that. I think we answered the, your your question that you had here is is too big, or uh, the myth is it's too big to find real community and and truly be pastored. Um, I know as far as I went, like yes, it's a big church. I mean, ours had, gosh, over forty thousand people a week. Mm-hmm. That was across all all campuses and online. Um, and I I know that like. I, some of my best friends, uh, came from, came from that church that I still keep up with. Um, for sure. Um, I, I have people that I work with that come from that church that I would say are some of my best friends as well. Um, and so I have found great community from that church. Um, I know for me personally, towards the end of us transitioning out of that church, I felt like I wasn't being pastored personally. Um, not that I wasn't being convicted when I sat in the chair during the service, and my spirit and I, my mindset, my spirit wasn't changing. But just personally, I wasn't being pastored. Um, and I think that's just because that was me entering into a season where I needed one-on-one pastoring. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and, and so that's what I'm saying. I, I think. You know, one of the truths we have here to combat that myth is most most churches, most mega churches have a design and tools implemented to to ensure that you are experiencing that community. Yes. Now you might not ever get to personally meet the pastor, um, and actually that that 
that is a little bit untrue too. I, you know, we were at that church for ten years, and I met the pastor a dozen times. Went have, have been to his house yeah. a lot of times. Uh, met his kids. Went out to dinner with his with his kids. And that was when again we had a, a community of, you know, thirty six thousand people a week. Yeah. Um, and so, so I think that's that's a good a good truth about that. Um, the other myth, this is a big myth about mega churches, is that they're just they're just all a big cult. It's just all a big, you know, you're all just f- blindly following one leader. And, and I can see where people would think that um, because especially with, with mega churches, like, uh, again, not trying to get in trouble, but some of the ones that you mentioned were uh, Bethel and Life Church and Hillsong and, and whatever, like, you do have these quote-unquote Christian celebrities. Yes. Uh, where their pastor, is, you know, is worth millions of dollars. Um and people are like, oh, we all are blindly following that leader. Um, and, I, and I think we both have seen one of those pastors might have a moral failure. And it decimates a good, a good percentage of their, of their congregation. Can I say something that might be a little confrontational to somebody that maybe is in church but not necessarily, but is against mega churches or... Go ahead. What, I mean, I we're already stirring the pot with this episode, so... I, I just feel that it needs to be said that... If, I think that if you're not completely sold out to Jesus, you'll never understand why somebody may be attending the church that they're attending. Yeah. Um, I attended the church and still attend, not the same church, but the church I attend now, I attend because I'm sold out to Jesus. And because both those pastors have um, exemplified, didn't think I was going to be able to get it out um, <laughs> what that means in their personal life to be sold out to Jesus. Yeah, and I think I think that we kind of actually had that in notes. Like, the myth is that it's a cult, but the truth is that, like, at least in our experience, it's a place where people understand what the disciples understood. Yes. Um, it's a place where, as far as, as some of the, and even the church that we're attending, it's not necessarily a mega church, um, but it is a, a big church with a large congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's a, you know... As far as a lot of the ones that we've been to, whether they are a big church or whether they're multi-campus or just have a big congregation, like it's a church where people understand and, and they're breaking down. As we as we established last week, I mean, we're going through the Matthew five and breaking down every single beatitude. And I I um, want to expand on what I meant by what the disciples understood. I, um, you know, Jesus before he, um officially went up to heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father. Um, um, he explained, he, he gave them the, the Great Commission, um, which is, you know, go pretty much in layman's terms, go and tell the world about me. And, and Sorry, guys. We oh, had to I was stop. Talking about the Great Commission, I remember now. We had to stop for gas. Uh, we don't remember where we left off in that that last segment, but uh, we're back, uh, and we're going to kind of try to wrap this up. Um, anyway, yeah, just just kind of busting the myth that all all mega churches are quote unquote a cult and whatever. Um, just, I mean, it's, it's simply as far as our our experiences go, it's simply not not true. Um, people say that again because they're quote-unquote, blindly following one leader. Um, 
and whatnot. And, and as Missy was saying, I, I think with, you know, if you don't understand why people are attending that church, um, then maybe you're, you're not sold out to your church, I would, I would argue. And so, um, so yeah, uh, that's kind of, kind of all we had. Um, do you, let me go back to the notes here. Um, so I, I think, I think just a follow up question and just to tie everything up. How do you, how do we feel about mega churches? And and what 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 uh, advice can we give to the listeners? Please don't be weird. Um, I think I think one thing that I've been saying like over and over again is a church is a church at the end of the day. It doesn't matter if it's starting at. If it's, if it's being held in a basement of somebody's house or if it's being held in a stadium, a church is a church. Um, as long as they're not preaching, you know, crazy things that have nothing to do with the Bible, you know, and as long as they are not um, harming anyone, I don't think that it matters where a church is at. Um you know, Jesus, Jesus was a believer in the church. He was a believer in starting the church. Um, and he really, uh, he really commissioned the disciples to do that. Um, Peter especially, but he really commissioned the disciples to do that. And so I think, um, you know, I don't think I'm, I'm definitely not against mega churches. Uh, I think I'm more so on the for side of mega churches. Um, I and I just don't have a problem with them overall. I think I think at the end of the day, you've got to use your discernment and you've got to use what you feel is best for you to determine whether or not you need to stay at a certain church or whether or not a certain church is good. Yeah, and I would just agree with that. Um, as far as how I feel, um, I don't think they're a bad thing. Again, I think there there are some cons, uh, but I think the pros far outweigh the cons. Um, and that they're doing good for the community and they're doing good for, um, for other people and for, for other churches. I mean, as far as the one that we used to attend, they helped plant a lot of other churches. Um, and so, so I think they're a good thing and they're a good force at the moment. Um, and that we don't really have anything to to be worried about. So, um, we're going to kind of, we're going to kind of, kind of get off of here and, uh, go about our day. Um, prayers for, for all of you guys for a safe Memorial Day weekend. Prayers for us for a safe Memorial Day weekend and safe travels. And uh, we will catch y'all next time. Bye. Bye.